When you're so good at managing that you turn qualifying for the Men's World Cup into an existential crisis, it's That's So MLS, a North American soccer podcast with myself, Andrew Pates, and Nick Thornton. Hello. Nick, how's it going? It is going pretty good. I am speaking to you from a snowy Vancouver. Uh, We've got the first weekend of MLS back behind us. I'm feeling good. How are you? I never thought that they could start the MLS season so far in in the winter that it would be snowing in Vancouver, but they somehow on match day, but they somehow found a way to do it. Well, just just wait cuz we weren't the only ones. Uh. <laughs> when El Tráfico is canceled because of snow. There's <laughs> that's it's, so MLS. Snow in Los Angeles. I now, wasn't even now so, we've seen it all. That's got to be that's a first. So it it is all uh, it is all heating up this weekend. We as as noted, we we still have residual. Uh, uh, we I was re, I was studying up on all of the Canada all of the MLS uh, opening weekend highlights, and uh, uh, and Nick Bontis was uh, was turfed from the organizer from Canada Soccer. Um, Lots of things have been happening both in America and Canada over the last weekend. Yeah, it's, it, I just sort of caught the tail end of the news um, because, of course, there was just so much MLS stuff happening. But let's, you know, let's maybe start there. Yeah, so uh, last we spoke, um, the wave of terrible finance, financial decisions made by uh, the Canada Soccer Association, um, or, or at least the terrible position they found themselves in, in which they promised their revenue to another organization uh, or a large source of their revenue to another organization and now didn't have any money. In the fall, this created a problem because they essentially were... It, it, they, they When the players... When it became known that the players might want some of the World Cup qualification bonus, that uh, that sent the finances into a tailspin. And uh, as we discussed last week, this has resulted in uh, a job action from the women's national team. They did play uh, Ship Leaves Cup, over the, but they almost didn't over the, uh, the preparations and, and cuts to both the men's and women's national programs. But of course, the women's team is preparing for a World Cup. Um, in addition, in, in, as part of that slow rolling, uh, geyser, that, that slow rolling, uh, um, Indiana Jones boulder of problems, um, yeah. there was a, uh, there was a, a directive that, that Canada soccer was going to try and fix its, its finances position by raising player fees. Um, I believe by 10 or 15%, um, and yesterday, How did that go? <laughs> uh, bad. Yesterday yeah, they had is. a they had a uh, uh, all thirteen the leaders of all thirteen provincial organizations uh, issued statements of non confidence in Nick Bontis, who was elected in twenty twenty, uh, um, and he said that he is very excited for the collective bargaining agreement for the two teams, but he feels. That he cannot be a that he that he will not be a part of its successful completion, which is probably correct. <laughs> um, but uh, but but he the Canada Soccer is also due to testify uh, before the Canadian Parliament, and he will that will probably not stop. Uh, the number was eleven dollars, so not not a not a scaled amount, but they wanted to add an eleven dollar fee to every the registration of every player in order to try and, and cover what they're cover, cover the finances. Um, obviously there are problems. And you're people, saying that people were upset by, uh, them having to pay for the mistakes of their leadership. That's just so weird. I thought that would have gone over better. Yeah, it's bad. It's not <laughs> ideal. Um, yeah. Cause the, cause essentially this, this drama that had been playing out is a, a labor dispute was now going to theoretically affect like families' pocketbooks across Canada. And yeah. and and the the registration uh potential of like, you know, children in soccer clubs. Which like soccer we we have not 
begun to scratch the surface of like like issues involving pay to play in Canada. There, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 that would certainly have made it worse. But but essentially, the you look at exactly what who's responsible for what the Bontis was became the president in 2020. The, uh, the Canada soccer business contract that we, that everybody is talking about, I believe was signed in 2018 or 2019. He was not the president, although he was the vice president. Um, and in general, I think that like where we got into a crisis was that the finances of the organization were balanced around things that may not be there, especially when it comes to the World Cup qualif- qualification bonus or, or whatever reason, they the the I guess the question would be if it, if it's such a if it's such a crisis, why wasn't it a crisis in 2018? And that's maybe what you can pin at Nick Bontis's door. Um, the General Secretary Earl Cochran is still there, and, and some people have concerns about that because he was. A, a part of this leadership at the same time as as Bontis was, um, and in general, the contract is still there. Like like at this point, it's hard to imagine if if that's creating the financial problems. The the re- resignation of this issue, this person, is not necessarily going to fix the ledger they have that they have got themselves into. But I I I don't know how it's going to be solved without more revenue for Canada soccer. And I don't know exactly what the, uh, the avenues for the Canadian government to bail out this organization are, or not bail out, but to transform the workings of this organization in, in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got themselves into a pickle. Um, and, uh, and a guy who for all, if, if, if you read the reports from Rick Westhead of TSN, there just appear to be so many little things with this individual that have, in, in, in other people's reports, so many little things with this individual that have made people mad over time. Yeah. Um, I think it will help, but Canada soccer, the wheels are continuing to uh, to fall every which way for Canada soccer. Which is cool. I mean, isn't that how we should be celebrating our first world, our, you know, first World Cup appearance in 36 years and... Planning forward for the Women's World Cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Canada just, like, Canada got rolled by two teams that they would have to beat if they were, if they were going to contend for the World Cup at She Believes. She Believes is preparation. It's not, it's not that this is a a permanent thing or whatever. But, like, but Canada showed in She Believes Cup they actually absolutely need preparation. And Canada are saying, we don't have the money to give you a home game as they sell tickets for a men's home game. Yeah, it's it's just. But you would you would not want to have a men's home game because they played in the World Cup. It would be nice to give them a homecoming, but some, there's no money in the till. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that is uh, that has been brewing. It's kind of funny how it was like like essentially either side of MLS opening weekend because it's like. The She Believes came up to Thursday. Then we mm. took a break from Canada soccer drama to have MLS, and now right, right back to uh, right back to uh, to more drama. But we successfully um, played a weekend of soccer uh, in in February. We, the the league has returned. Most of us, anyway. <laughs> most of us, except for the 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 Los the Los Angelinos, yeah, uh, did not join us. Portland was a Portland was a late show, but they 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 did get in. They just needed some time to dig it out, but they got there. We had the uh, the wonderful uh, confluence of having uh, um, important uh, important like like rules for the in, in like the schedule. The playoff plans for the season were. Released just in time for uh, just in time for the season to start, which is great. We love when like, that happens. Several minutes before, but they got, you know, technically still before there was a ball kicked. So the so so that has happened. We have discussed that they have wanted to add games for some time. I'm glad that it does not have the the 
I have been dreading the potential announcement of a group stage in the playoffs for a while. That's not happening. Um, If you look at what they've done, which is uh, to add a playoff, a play-in round. We've had a play-in round. To add a best of three. Uh, I don't think that that, I think that there are reasons that that could not be ideal. One of which, and the most important of which, is uh, that there are, uh, that those games apparently can't end in a tie. Right. Which they have not really specified what that means. What happens if games end in ties, as they do, um, if there are going to be shootouts or, or whatever. Like, the the way that it works in hockey is that you play continuous games until somebody scores. Well, that's not going to work in soccer. Right. Um, the... That... Ultimately, like, the idea of doing best of three, like, like I don't have, like, sort of a... a, a a purist mentality that like, this is the wrong way to do it or something. It's just that there are so many games and every year they are, they are, 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 are like sort of going pell-mell as fast as they can in the playoffs in order to get MLS cup done by the first week of December. And mm-hmm. the, in, in all of this discussion, in all of the, the, the sit-downs with Don Garber about this, where it's like, well, we wanted to play more games. Our fans wanted more games. Our clubs wanted more games. They definitely wanted more games. Apple definitely wanted... Or, like, we're not going to say that Apple wanted more games, but they wanted more games. <laughs> Nobody has asked him, what about the League's Cup? Is that not more games? Yeah. <laughs> Why did... The, yeah. The, I mean, we've talked about this before with other uh, tournaments is that it's just so obviously a cash grab. And so to, it's not that the reasons that they give are necessarily wrong, but it's just like they want to compress more games in to the same amount of time to make more money. And like, clearly given what we talk about, of course I want more playoffs. I'm fine with more games. Um, my one worry with it is is and maybe this is just my bias because i find it a little bit confusing is that in terms of continuing to grow the game you also like people have to understand it and it feels like we've had a lot of shifts and changes in the playoff format already and in the league and in the conferences and i don't know i'm just kind of like tired of the tinkering I think that's where my my slight negative tinge towards it's coming is coming from. It's just like, did we? Is this absolutely necessary? And also, okay, are we going to leave it for a bit, or are we just going to like continually shift things around? Like, I'm not saying we shouldn't be open to change. It just, to me, it, it somewhat confuses the process just to add more games, but. There's already a lot of teams that make it into the playoffs. It's already a lot of games, you know? Yes. I think so. Like, that's the thing is that they're like the the MLS, all the announcers on, on, on MLS on Apple were like saying, oh, and it's great because the regular season means even more. Well, it actually means more if you have to play so well to host a playoff game. That's mm-hmm. the NFL way of, of going about it. And I don't think everything should be based around the NFL way, but but the playoffs were pretty good entertainment wise. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't necessarily feel hard done by that. That for that that there were single eliminations and, and some teams were not able to to host playoff games if they did not have good seating because yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles. But I also didn't hate double legged no double legged ties either. So. It's, it's, it's a little, it's, it's just, there's so much, there's so many games. We talk about it every year. It'll be a problem this year. It'll be a problem if it's the same last year. I guess the question to the, the, the argument about change is how do you, and something to think about, I guess, is, is how do we as, as fans and, and the MLS community in general send the message to say, stop making random last minute changes because it is, it happens every year. I remember in like 2017 when they like changed roster, roster rules around DPs in the yeah. middle of the year, they have changed uh playoff qualification rules in the middle of the year. There's 
very often at end of summer, uh, oops, here's the here's a rule change. Yeah, here's a new yeah, rule yeah. change booklet. And, and they have no qualms against doing it. And the reason why is because they think they can get away with it. So how do you make it so they can stop getting away with it? Yeah. Do you, do you make it so that owners are no longer going to be, are going to kick up a problem? That will probably only happen if they're not getting what they want. Well, as long as everybody's getting paid in the end, I feel like we're, this is just going to continue. Speaking of rule changes, Chris Ivy on Twitter at Chris Ivy, eight, six, five, a writer covering Nashville for Broadway TN speedway soccer went through some of the, the changes to the MLS roster rules. The most important is the teams can loan two players instead of one and loaned players can play uh, or to, to other teams in the league, by the way, that, that mm. uh, loans are, are, are uh, loans outside of the league are different, but intra-league loans, you can now loan two players instead of one and they, they can probably, they can probably play for the current club if there is permit for, for the parent club or sorry, against the parent club. So if you, Loan out a player. The language now says that they may play against their parent club, which uh, Chris Ivy notes probably means they have to get permission. That's stupid still, but I guess that's an improvement. Also, you can buy out a player during the season now. You uh, you couldn't before. Those are oh. the those are the main those are the those are the ones that look at me. Uh, the, those are the ones that jump out at me as as being ones ones that you might hear about in the future. For sure. Cool. Um, also, uh, you've you've uh, you've noted our our favorite annual news item. Where it's is Kai Kamara gonna play? He is in Chicago. Sure. For two hundred fifty thousand dollars of a game, I posted always Kai Kamara forever. Very excited uh, to uh, very excited to see what happens, and uh, my pal. Uh, Prairie Rose Clayton at Hoover Dam said, you can screen cap and update this next year. <laughs> Which, quite uh, possibly, quite possibly. But I, I mean, I think it's, it's good business for Chicago. I think obviously the fire yeah, having an extra striker, uh, certainly of Kai Kamara's caliber is not going to hurt them. And I think it creates something kind of interesting for them, right? Like they've struggled with consistency and, Goal scorers. I don't know that Kai Kamara is necessarily going to start every single game for them, but certainly becomes a really interesting option off the bench for a team that has really struggled for goals. Big, big fans of his here. Um, NWSL news also uh, coming out at the top, up, uh, off the top. The Utah Royals, who had been caught in that whole Delroy Hansen um, debacle, uh, in that in that they. The franchise had been sold to uh, people who moved them out of uh, out of the state. I believe that was Louisville, although I could be wrong. Um, are coming back as an expansion team in twenty fourteen in twenty twenty four to the NWSL, along with a uh, a club in the Bay Area, at Kansas City. They went they they after the, after Kansas City moved to Utah. They moved back to Kansas City. That was the. But they will return again in 2024 along with the Bay Area team. There may also be a Phoenix club in Boston at some point in the future, reports Meg Linehan of The Athletic. Hmm. Okay, okay, okay. So that'll be good. I'm excited. Uh, the WSL will come back at the end of next month. Um, I'm considering an affiliation switch in NWSL. So if you're an NWSL fan and you want to pitch me on why I should be a fan of your team, uh, let me know because I'm open. I'm open to. I'm open <laughs> to shopping around. I'm shopping around. I was like at last year. I was like, oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll go fifty fifty between the Thorns and the Orlando Pride. I didn't really do that, but I'm still thinking about it. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, that is what I had for news. Do you want to jump right into uh, to this wonderful weekend? Let's do it. Let's break down the games. Uh, where in the league shall we start? Uh, we know, of course, uh, the LA teams did not play. That one's been rescheduled. Um, Things started so with, are you aware that 
Johnny Cash is associated with Nashville. Huh. Hadn't heard. <laughs> because that happened. Uh, that was the first game of the week. And um, we got to see uh, Apple, the, the new setup on uh, Apple TV at its best and, and worst at times. Because you had some, the, 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 sometimes it has amazing, some of those, the, the halftime stuff is amazing. Sometimes it just leaves the camera on and it feels like you're watching a USL one stream. In, I noticed uh, that too. Yeah, yeah. That you're just uh, it just cuts to the the shot from the stands and is quiet for 15 minutes. I don't hate it. I don't hate <laughs> it actually because the, the given some of the shit we've nice. had to listen to, um, yeah. <laughs> the however, uh, there was just a lot going on. Uh, there was like like some t- they were trying to to present the playing of the John Carter Cash. Um, concert as like a part of the broadcast and sometimes you could hear it and sometimes it, you couldn't and there were times when like they played a transition to a uh, to another segment and then they realized oh we're still on the concert and they just didn't do it hmm. starting a starting a sports channel is hard we gotta we gotta have some I I I, I have some preseason uh, you know, we're we're all on our early season legs, and that was that was certainly part of it. Not uh, not showing any uh, preseason jitters was Nashville, who took a part in uh, New York City here. Yeah, quite handily. Um, I, we'd sort of talked uh, a couple of weeks ago about New York City FC and the amount of changes they've had there, and you know. We've seen them go through that before and be just fine, as we saw last season. But I think you had sort of said, like, it could be just sort of too much change too quickly. And it certainly seemed to be the case. Uh, They just got picked apart by Nashville, starting with uh, Zimmerman and some chaos in the box. And, yeah, New York City just kind of looking like they weren't all there. And... In many ways, I guess you could say they're not yet. <laughs> this is a team that that has some holes to be filled for them. The can the Canadian Premier League fans uh, love to see Jacob Shackelberg scoring the second goal there for uh, for Nashville, um, which was uh, which I was already thinking, man, he looks pretty good. And then Hedy Mukhtar making everybody uh, making everybody happy connects with uh, Shackelberg, buries it from what I did not think was a. A easy to score from angle. No. Campfield Nova Scotia's own. Oh, I don't think he actually played it in KPL. Why did I say that? But he was he's a, a Toronto FC youth player from from Nova Scotia's own. Yeah. Played for FC Nashville Heroes in 2012-2014. I guess he re- returned returned to the old stomping grounds. Um and, uh, and and had some success with it. Uh, you always love to score on your debut. You do indeed, and there is a, a a bit of that around MLS. I feel like MLS is a good league to come to and score on your debut. Um, elsewhere, uh, Atlanta picked apart San Jose. Um, Ibobasi was able to score quite early for the Quakes, um, and then uh, Almeida came to town. <laughs> And stole the entire game in the fi- uh, final dying minutes. First with a uh, just pretty sensational, uh, I don't even know what to call it, just a, a banger off the, the top bar. And then gets a, a second one to win the whole game. I felt like San Jose was, I mean, I don't want to say hard done by here, but it, <coughs> I felt like they played a really good game and held off uh, what looked like to be a pretty strong Atlanta for so long, but it just wasn't to be in the end for them. San Jose looked great. There was that penalty. I thought it was a there was a uh, a penalty where Andrew Goodman essentially kicked the ball at somebody who was already sliding and it bounced on his hands. And it's like, okay, I understand that his hands are not in a natural position, but what is natural in that sense? Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. There were a, there were a couple of those if you're if you're taking the temperature of, of handball penalties in MLS from this weekend I would say uh I would say not even once. <laughs> not a lot of not a lot of give being given at this point in the season. 
Um, yeah, this kicks up what I think is going to be a tiresome thing <laughs> for me, and 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 if if did you know that one player uh, wins the World Cup? That it's like a wrestling title. That if you win the World Cup, that you're the World Cup champion. I didn't know, but I learned this weekend in this broadcast <laughs> from from uh, from Tiago Almada. The the tiresome thing will be, of course, that um, you and I talked about it pretty much from the moment that he entered the league. That this has been a problem with that there is a problem with Tiago Almada because um, he was suspended in 2021 uh, by his Argentinian club Vélez Sarsfield for allegations of sexual abuse. Um, they were later unsuspended uh, based on further discussions that they had had or what have you. Um, but it's been – his signing was very – was controversial in the sense that that of this guy and, and I am not looking forward to a season of Tiago Almada as the MLS main character discourse. It's uh, It just sucks. Yeah, he could not be signed to Europe soon enough. Yep, yep. I agree. Um, um looking elsewhere, uh, Charlotte fell to New England. It was kind of a chippy game. It looked like uh, a bit of a, a grudge match for two teams that have not played each other a ton. Um, decent chances for both. Uh, another late winners were one of the themes. I think this uh, opening weekend. Uh, Kessler was able to to get it in and just, again, a little bit of chaos in the box was able to help them out. My second theme for this weekend is cleaning up on the second ball. Uh, yeah. A lot of goals where there was just needless spills, some fortuitous spills, but the teams that were able to pounce on the second or sometimes third and fourth ball, those were the ones that uh, seemed to go away with all the points this weekend. But New England looked good. I felt like they'd been kind of quiet in the off season. They didn't have a great season last year. Um, but overall, I mean, you want to win your home opener. Uh, I thought Charlotte looked good, had some chances. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a pretty good game for one that you wouldn't necessarily think of as like your blockbuster headlining opening weekend game. Uh, there was lots of good blows exchanged in this one. Um, yeah, I, I, it, this is definitely, uh, one of the, one of a few this weekend where it was like, and I, I think that Cincinnati Houston was the other one where you, you had in, uh, in Charlotte here, a team that was a team that says, I really want to try and, and, and have the momentum go my, uh, like, like really trying to, uh, take the bull by the horns as it were, um, to to get results and in, in to, to have a positive start to the year. Didn't quite happen for them, but they look good. Um I thought that I was not unhappy with their performance at all, but you know, it's the it was a tight game and in New England was able to uh to get the result. Henry Kessel looked great all game. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was uh, a good outing for both of them. Um another team that had a good Opening weekend, Cincinnati uh, overtook Houston 2-1. Um, I mean, early into this game, as we've seen from Houston a number of times in different incarnations, just no pressure at all. Sergio Santos, the newly acquired player for Cincinnati, is able to score um, before the half ends. Schmidt heads home, makes it 1-1 for Houston. So a nice little response from them, except for... <laughs> No sooner does the whistle blow to begin the second half and Cincinnati score again. Um, just really seemed to be a lot of understanding between the, the Cincinnati players in this one. Like, I felt like they were one of the teams that I saw that seemed to really just sort of pick up where they left off, added a few pieces in, um, but had a, a great opening game. They look good, and I think they want you to know it. You know, this is a team that that is trying to really really uh like I like I was saying earlier define themselves and and announce their presence early um and that was uh, that was great to see from them the as you note about the the second balls and and it's the second or third balls in this case is that the the, the scoring play for the second goal was like 
Acosta backheeled to Barrial, blocked. Santos, blocked. Then it's shot through a crowd, deflected, and goes in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, that um, Acosta backheel. Just filthy. And that, that's <laughs> what I mean, the understanding, right? He knows exactly where the player is behind him. N- hits it with the perfect weight to get the cross away. Um, a goal that starts, you know, five or six moves before the ball is in the back of the net. And a great goal. Great goal for Obi Wobodo, um, who looked really good as a part of that and, and is, uh, is somebody that uh, that it's exciting to see the goal from. Because I was, yeah. at first I was like, was this another Sergio Santos goal? And I was like, oh no, nice. New guy. Another, another debut goal, right? I think he was a. I think this is his first actual game. I think he was on the oh, roster. Okay, I think he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he was a new signing for them, but I think that he. Uh, I don't think he featured last year. I, I might be wrong. Can we not call that a debut. We can call that a debut. <laughs> we can call first oh, goal. First okay. Goal. Sorry. 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 He played. He played uh, as a midfielder. He played uh, twenty-four games last year. Uh, had two assists. So this was his first MLS goal. That's what you can say. I knew I heard something in the broadcast that alluded to first goal, but yes, added my own interpretation to that one. Um, second balls and, and being punished by them. Um, I would say the DC United Toronto game kind of comes to mind. I mean, yeah, it, we can't say it was a great weekend for the Canadian clubs, and although Toronto did come away with a couple of goals in this, I really felt like they were. Well, the first one was just off the back of DC conceding a really stupid penalty. Um, Anthony Kay's goal is great, but you know to have DC level right after that and then win it right after that, it, it just really felt like the same old Toronto defending that we saw last year, and with a significant number of changes as well. I mean, we're t- this is Sean Johnson's debut. You know, the best goalkeeper in MLS uh, got, a, I think, a, a rude welcome to Toronto defending um, and must see a, a giant hill in front of him that he's going to have to climb to get, to get his clean sheets in Toronto. But it was a good fight back from DC United. Um, you know, a retooled, now re-roonied, DC United, I thought they looked much tougher and faster and just more physical. And how many times have we talked about DC United? And it's just like a slump shoulders. There's just nothing there, Um, which makes them very difficult to talk about. And I'm excited for a season where we get to talk about all the things that DC United is doing right. They look, uh, they look energized. Um, The, uh, I'll, you always love, especially on the first game of the season, to have something so amazing for the the, the home crowd. It's like a ninety and ninety eight goals scored because um, it's just like that creates fans for life because they're like, oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, the uh, great fling it fling it into the middle, see what happens. Play. Uh, one of the things that matters for us as much as as many um, is that there are no. They, at least for this match week, there were not centralized highlights uploaded on YouTube. So you had to go for every individual place. You had to go find highlights in different places. Apple TV had highlight packages about seven minutes, but if you were on YouTube, you were you were trying to you were trying to you know pick a, pick and choose between different. You know, some of them were on Fox Soccer, some of them were on the clubs yeah. pages, some of them weren't. So I noted. So you could go to TSN and you could look for for the TSN version and it had it totally omitted uh click scoring for DC in his debut because they don't care. It's it's that's not the protagonist club. Yeah. Who care who would who would care about that? Um Apple TV omitted the fact that Lorenzo Insigne went off with a no non contact injury. Oh. Um yeah. and he's and he's still out. He uh the Neil Davidson reported for the Canadian press that he's being evaluated for a lower body injury uh, with an expectation of a, uh, um, we hope to hear back about that um, by Thursday. We also Ooh. heard yesterday that Taxi Fountas is out four to six weeks with a 
hamstring injury for DC. I didn't see that during the course of the game. Um, but so it's it, tough times. Neither of them are players that you want to see missing out of the uh, the the opening or, or you know out of the first game of the season. Um, yeah. Also, this is just sort of unfortunate. But when I look, when I did turn on those Apple TV highlights, the fact that the announcer said, "All right, everybody, turn off the world and turn on the game," as the opening to this game, and. And we know from reporting from the Washington Post that there was a fatal shooting outside of Audi Field during the game. Oh, rough! Christ. You can't, you can't know that. You can't know that in advance. It just, it was just like, yikes, yikes, pal. I heard a few things on some of the prod, the broadcast this weekend. Where and n- let's face it, we've heard it on Fox and and other places before. So it's not necessarily just an an Apple thing. But some things where I'm like, what? was that phrase i'm really really um i won't repeat them here but just some things that i'm like maybe maybe we need to pull around the uh the announcers for a little huddle and talk about some best practices (laughs) just getting a little a little too creative and a little not creative enough in some some areas um Maybe we'd go to the the other Canadian teams playing um, this weekend. Montreal played Miami, or rather, Montreal was played by Miami. <laughs> this was the uh, game I this was the game I chose to watch live out of that uh, match. That it uh, wasn't great for <laughs> Montreal. No, and I honestly like looking at Montreal's starting lineup because they were the other team in the off season that just hemorrhaged most of their team and their coach. I thought it looked like a pretty respectable lineup. You know, the, the familiar names were still there. There was a, at least a few of them, like Lapalainen. Um, and and it all kind of looked okay on paper. Unfortunately, um, out on the pitch didn't go so well. Uh, there was uh, offside goal chance for Montreal, but it was Herrera and uh, Borgelin, the goals for Inter-Miami. I mean... Really, Inter-Miami looked quite in control of this game from start to finish. And uh, another team that really picked up where they left off. Of course, Inter-Miami has struggled a lot in this league, but last year seemed to find some right uh, combinations of things and a pretty dominant performance for them to kick off the season. The worst, I swear to God, the the worst kept secret in soccer and something I'm probably going to be so tired of by the time it actually happens is the notion that Inter Miami is going to sign Lionel Messi in the, in the season. You would you uh, at some point in the summer. They referenced it at least once. In in you know some you've heard some pretty interesting things might happen. Wink. <laughs> um, and I feel like I'm going to get. I'm going to be really tired of that. That might have been on TSN. If it was on TSN, I can't blame Apple for that. But 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 everybody, it's going to come up every time, and I'm probably going to be tired of it by the time that happened. Um, for that yeah. for that second Miami goal, I just want to say, where was the pressing? It was like off the post. The rebound was cleared off the line, which is not the only time. We, I guess I, I that's exactly the same deal with that Cincinnati goal, where it's just like. There, there's a, a lot of time in, in the area. Teams seem to be giving each other a lot of time in the area. Yeah, and, you know, not to <coughs> overly harp on a thing, but it's like, yeah, I mean, if you're a defender, that's your penalty area. Like, you've you got to be way, way, way more aggressive in closing players down. And uh, we saw it in Toronto – uh, I think we saw a bit of it from Houston is you just see a back line that's kind of standing there looking at each other or all clumped around one area, not moving while the second and third chances come in. And it's just, you know, there, I know what it's like. There's very little time to react, but like you should react in some way. Um, you don't want to be caught as a spectator in your own penalty box. That's what I'm saying. Orlando took on uh, New York Red Bulls, and let me just say, uh, those new kits look so bad, dude. It's so bad. Uh, This was the one 
highlight reel I missed, and so I'm quickly going to it so I can see these kits. Uh, so this was the one. The, the oh, <laughs> when you first look at when you looked at them on when it, when it was shown on social, they were kind of like skipped over a little bit because um, of the fact that like like I saw one person comment on the the. The note the I saw the the this at Snaves Twitter post note that there was blue in the design and it's like oh well that's the 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 we've seen blue in New York designs before but whatever and when you but when you see it on the kit the fact that they have the there are no fewer and I'm not trying to be blue by doing this or to be gross by saying this no fewer <laughs> than three urine yellow jerseys. In 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 MLS this uh, this season, I don't know if that's a I don't know if that's a, the home kit or the away kit. If it's the away kit, I'm a little more uh, I'm a little more uh, it's the away uh, okay kit, with yeah. That. Okay, well, I'm a little more. If you don't have to see it, if the fans are not going to have to see it every game, that's one thing. But the fact that the fact it that looks it's like that a white color. jersey that was left in the wash with a bunch of highlighters. And there are three jerseys that look like that. Why? <laughs> Why did they do that? Um, must, must have been some discounts. Bulk buying. Bad. Um, bad in the, the... This was not the worst defender. Austin was pretty bad for the back panel. Where... Uh, where all of the Adidas kits in this cycle have whatever design is on the front, it's a blank color on the back. Austin is supposed to be black and green, so I found that pretty distracting. Uh, the worst offender for me on that was Philadelphia, who have like a pretty decent white, off-white, blue camo mm-hmm. pattern that people have described as the Simpsons uh, pattern. Yeah. But it like they pick for whatever reason again that faded yellow in the wash color as the only color for the back. Yeah, not a fan. Bad. I am a fan, however, of Philadelphia, and um, it's going to be real hard to hate on the Union this year with performances like they gave in their opening game. Uh, somewhere out there on that pitch is still the ghost of Lucas Celarayan, who got turned so hard by oh, no. Carranza. Um, just totally in- sensational game. Uh, two penalties conceded from Columbus. Safe to say, not a great performance from them. Um, and also a brace for Carranza. Uh, but just everything's there, right? Um no notes for the union. <laughs> it's all there. A bit of an unfortunate own goal. Um, but Columbus, another team that is going through transition, and it seems like that transition could be a little rough. And again, it's not for lack of good players. I mean, um, Nagby, Cucho, Zellerayan. Uh, but it's it all looks a little bit thin after that. And um, looking at their bench as well, like just not... A ton of really, really quality depth. Um, and then you look at the union and it's just, they've got options all over the place and guys to replace them as well. So I think it's going to be uh, another hard to beat kind of time um, when you're coming up against the union this year. They look great. Uh, I will say that, when I heard it was four one, I didn't understand that two of those were handball penalties. Yeah. Uh, that 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 changes my my feeling on the the, the, the fixture somewhat. But it's only two one in Bates's world. Well, I mean, not as to still you getting a handball penalty means you were pressing and creating offensive chances. That's not it's not yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the end of the world. Uh, we should also say since we never actually talked about the Orlando uh, uh, New York game. That was also a one nil game that turned on a handball penalty. Orlando held it the rest of the way. Yeah. So lots of lots of handballs. No no uh no gimmies being given in this uh in this first game of the season. Uh, but it, the union look great. They've got they're one of the clubs that has just a lot of uh a lot of different gears, a lot of different players that can then hurt that can hurt you and and uh uh and I don't even necessarily think Maybe you could say defensively they didn't look great, but uh, Columbus didn't look great. But um, mm-hmm. Columbus, I would say, is unfortunate. 
There's teams. Minnesota yeah. scored one goal and didn't uh, and didn't lose the game uh, against Dallas. That's right. Um, yeah, this was this was the game for me that made me kind of go, okay, the second ball thing. What's going on here? Um, the initial shot is saved by pause, and then Garcia is able to stab it home. Um, the loons a, a little bit coming into this game a little ragged. Um, Reynoso has been suspended by the league for not reporting to preseason camp, and apparently he's still in Argentina attending to a personal matter. Um, but you wouldn't know it from Minnesota's performance. Dallas obviously did very well last season. We know how defensively solid they are. Uh, to come into their house, grab a goal, and hang on for dear life, I'll take it. Um, am I going to throw all my chips in on Minnesota United like I have done in the past? Absolutely not. We'll see how things go. It's a long season, but I'm always impressed by a team who's able to deal with you know, these circumstances uh, beyond their control and and still come in and have a positive game. So a great start for them. Um, and Dallas looked okay. I, they certainly had their chances as well. Um, I, I think maybe it was just a little bit of like first game of the season nerves and and just a, maybe not fully anticipating just how much Minnesota would throw at them and, and be able to close them down. But uh, I thought it was a pretty good performance from both of them. Not to con- not to continue the MLS fashion watch, but I thought they looked bad. Um, this this match as a D- a a, uh, a Dallas home game where Dallas is wearing white and the away team is wearing black. My it, oh, my I fully watched ten minutes of this game, thinking the teams were each other's opposite. And that's the home kit. That's going to be a problem. Yeah, um, don't love that. The the. The most uh, we we haven't even we got this far. We didn't even mention that Sasha Cleston said the name of the podcast. <laughs> That's right. Um, on one of those preseason. Uh, That's I was, so I was in a car driving down the, <laughs> down the four hundred one in Toronto when I got that message, and I just howled. <laughs> it's not the only yeah. time. It's not the only time, but we're live on Apple TV. Gotta gotta. It's the first time in the Apple era, and it's just. Who, who better to say it than Sasha Question? This, to me, said... This game, to me, said that's so MLS because there was a lot happening yeah. in, in it. Um, St. Louis uh, looked extremely good. Uh, Tim Parker scores on the 24th minute, which is also trivia note the first, when the first TFC game goal was scored. Oh. Um, so, uh, so I don't know. There was a, there was a blog, the 24th minute, that is still exists in one form or another, uh, and I don't know if if, if there's going to be like an agreement to allow there to be a St. Louis 24th minute or whatever. Are they going to have to share? I don't know. <laughs> um, but I was thrilled, and I'm sure you were too, to see uh, Tim Parker be the 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 man to to, uh, to create a piece of history with that franchise. Absolutely. Uh, also, our good buddy Jake Nerwinski has uh, moved to Greener Pastures, also starting in the lineup, and his natural right-back role uh, seemed to do pretty good as well. This, I think, was one of the games that everybody was talking about, right, with, um, you know, maybe not a lot of surprises from the the teams that were hot last season, um, and Austin, overall, still looked pretty good in this game, but... St. Louis was there to steal the show. That chip, so we got that at the end of the first half, we have a chip floats up and over and first half stop is time from Sebastian Gerisi. Looks amazing. Yeah, Um, so good. The, uh, some great chances for Austin to start the half. Um, Gallagher with a a shot that looked like it was pretty good. And then um, (laughs) one of the most, uh, oh, that was, and that was a goal from Gallagher to, to put, Austin, so Austin's now leading 2-1 at home. And then Kip Keller has the ball, the defender for Austin. And he is moving forward. He's getting pressed back, so he decides he's going to turn. Safety first. Back pass to St. Louis's Jared Stroud. Oops. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, that was That was rough. Everybody was doing their best. Sebastian Jarusi said, it could have happened to me. Well, I don't know if that's exactly true. 
<laughs> but uh, people were quick to point out. Being a out, good teammate. People were quick to point out again that uh, that that Kip Keller uh, played for St. Louis FC as a youth as a youth player and is from St. Louis. What's the story there? Probably nothing. But it's just a it's just an unfortunate situation, uh, and uh, and he is also sort of at fault for the uh, the the second or for the final St. Louis goal to make it three two as as Klaus is able to um, to handle him pretty effectively in scoring that. And then off, and then Dreisi still headed a ball off the the bar again late. So that was almost a three three game. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, like I said, it was it was not totally bad for Austin, um, but I love an expansion side that's able to come in and um, show it a, a good team what's what, and hang on for the win, and that continues to be the thing that's exciting about MLS, right? Is that really any team can win, and when you have teams like St. Louis coming in that are a wild card. Um, Everybody, I think it's easy to be like, well, you know, let's keep the expectations low. Um, but as we saw with Charlotte last season, it, it, they could be, they could have a relatively mediocre season and cause a lot of problems for half of their conference. <laughs> so, uh, that what, great to see the addition of them into the league. The only thing that I hope, I uh, I hope that they have a game like this at home. That's the that's the that's the only sad part. It's as as great an opening game as you could possibly want, except it wasn't at home. Uh, yeah. But but uh, but it was uh, it was still a great result for them. Vancouver, the land of endless optimism. Maybe this will be our year. Who's thinking that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's the I'm a Tottenham fan. I think that every year. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I caught uh, bits and pieces of this one. I flew home during this game, and it had started uh, as I was in the air. Um, I think I got off the plane and checked the score, and Vancouver was up one nothing. And you kind of do that thing as a Whitecaps fan, where you're like, huh, I mean, I guess that's good, but I wish it was the 80th minute and not, like, the 30th minute when I tuned in. And then... By the time I got home, we were down to one. It looked <laughs> and everything. I was like, ah, okay, great. Well, good. Um, right back where we started. Everything looked pretty good. You know, there was there was lots of great play in it. Um, I thought that uh, to Vancouver, one of the things, especially throughout the game, that they did well. Um, Vancouver won a lot of balls. There was a lot of there was a lot of turnovers. There were a lot of situations where you thought that the, the play was about to reverse and Vancouver got the ball in a great position. Even before Brown's goal, there was uh, there was a great chance set up by Ryan Gauld. Um The problem and the, the, the problem was just actually burying that. Like there was the the six minutes of madness starts where there is a glorious pass forward uh, almost it's sort of like a three on one. Uh, with the defender and the keeper, so I guess three mm-hmm. on two. When you say three on one, do you count the keeper usually? Do you or do you do you say the defender? In any case, you. I took a screenshot of it. It looked so perfect the the position that they were in, but White couldn't bury it. And then two minutes later, RSL scores twice in four minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean. I guess, you know, on, on first blush of this game, I was like, it just really sucks to lose your opening home game to RSL. And then I was like, well, maybe I got to be more fair to RSL because they have greatly improved. I think it's just like they always seem to get us, you know? <laughs> like, I know we do beat them sometimes, but just a lot of familiar faces. I mean, to be taken out by Justin Glad, you're just like, really? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, Demir, Demir Krylak as well. As Dem- well, Demir Krylak is like the fucking Terminator man. If I see him, I'm running. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, for me, I don't love this formation, but I'm not gonna die on that cross. There was at least four at the back, but um, for me, the the weak points, you know, I don't like to call out 
defenders individually, but Blackman and Veselinovic to me are just not starting quality center backs. Um, I think they can be at times, but the two of them together, I know that the Whitecaps have made an additional signing and, and I hope there's some sw- uh, switches soon. Um, and like, I'm excited by the, uh, the new signing, uh, Takoka. Oh yeah. You look great. The goalkeeper. He looked great for me personally. <laughs> it might've not mattered in this game, but don't start a goalkeeper. That's brand new to a team in the league when he's been in town for less than a week. Like, just give it to Hassal, and you can rotate out after. Again, he played great. I don't think like that was necessarily the factor here. I think I'm just coming away with an overall like bitter taste in my mouth for Vanny Sartini, where I, I think that he can be incredibly naive at times, and he can be incredibly motivating and creative as well, but you need more, and he just doesn't seem to have a lot of guile when it comes to playing you know, your MLS rivals. And to me, RSL is a team that we should be able to put to bed at home on our opening debut. And yeah, again, the the game is lost in four minutes, but I mean, how often do we say that about the Whitecaps? So I don't mean to be totally down on them at the start of the season, but yes, as you said, there was lots of positives and some, some good intense play and some link up. Um, But they just didn't either. know what to do with the ball when they had it. That was the problem. Yeah, which is like, how many years has that been a problem? Yes. Um, there's just, we lack that biting edge. And for a team that was, you know, one of the league's worst defensively last year in terms of goals conceded, it just sucks to be in your first game giving up two goals at home and coming away with nothing. It's not a great way to start things, you know? Having watched it, like having having seen it live, I would say that like my feeling was that I felt really good. Like I was like, oh, well, they lost some, they they missed some chances, but they're still leading. And then like they can they they can see these goals, and all of a sudden it feels so bitter. It feels like the old bad times. It's just like yeah, all yeah. the just like the the worst points of last season. It's like in my brain, I know this is somewhat irrational to be like mm-hmm. oh yeah this team is so good oh no this sucks we suck um but it just sucks it's just not very fun the 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 statistical backings for what you're saying in terms of like should we have handily dealt with rsl is that the white Cavs have a very good record against rsl at home yeah. um however rsl have a very good record in uh in in season opener so I guess that was the that was the rule that won in this case. It is only one game, and it's the beginning of the season, and the things I'm harping on are pr- like, yeah, I have a small sample size, so I should maybe cool my jets a little bit, but I think I also just, given everything and the many things that unfolded last season, I, I mean, yeah, I'm just com- pretty much disengaged from this team, um, and it takes a lot to, like, get excited, so... You can't let you can't let any games go in MLS. Not not now. Even though there are so many spots available with with the amount of um, the amount of good teams and the amount don't of teams leave that it are for a best of three situation. You know, no. Um, the the stragglers on Sunday and Monday, uh, Seattle absolutely bodied Colorado through Christian Rolton. <laughs> Yeah, and Jordan Morris as well, and Ebear. I'd completely forgotten that Ebear had been uh, acquired by Seattle, and every time Seattle gets a player, there's part of me that just is like, "Well, that's unfair. How did they get him?" But they're just they continue to to make such smart moves. Um, I don't think this result is necessarily surprising, and I think as many have already sort of said, like this game was not to take away from Seattle's dominant performance, but Colorado was at least as bad as Seattle was good. Um, I don't know what the fuck the Rapids were doing in this game, but it's truly some next level, really poor defending, um, even by Colorado Rapids standards. Um, like I'm like Abubakar to me is like a lights out solid defender, and he looked like he didn't know where he was half of this game. Like just. 
And sometimes that's what happens when you're the only one paying attention. So you look bad because the others around you also aren't doing anything. But just really poor clearances, giving up possession constantly, poor turnovers. I mean, kind of a bit of everything. And Seattle did what Seattle always does when you give them that kind of opportunity. They pounce and steamroll you. Yeah. <sighs> Like you say, they have all the toys. It's uh, it's it's they got it's, all the goodies, man. It's tough when they uh, the I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the I the fact that they got a bear, and I definitely thought that New York City looked like they were missing an a bear. Um, yeah, but they also got I'm uh, I'm trying to remember who their guy they got from t- last year from RSL was. Um, Oh, yeah, I was just looking at their their lineup too. Um, but yeah, they they have all they they get all the toys. They certainly don't Rusnak. look Rusnak, Albert Rusnak. Uh, they certainly don't look any worse for wear after last year's disappointing uh, turnout. They certainly don't look worse for wear for losing the Club World Cup. This is this is like um, Philadelphia just announcing themselves as one of the teams to watch. I enjoyed. We had lots of good stuff from Jordan Morris, who it's always great to see him do well because he's had some such unfortunate injury uh, happenings in past years. So I'm um, thrilled to see him when you get him. Um, I Because he's in goal, because he's in green, sorry, the second goal that they score, uh, uh, this the second goal they score, he does sort of like a falling headbutt and it looks exactly like the Kokeshi uh, falling headbutt that Luigi does as a side yeah. special in Super Smash Brothers, like, <laughs> like look at the go look at the the Luigi amiibo where he's doing the headbutt. That is exactly how Jordan Morris scored this goal. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty good one. I mean, their front six: Xiao Paolo, Albert Rusnak, Jordan Morris, Nicholas Ladero, Christian Roldan, Iber. <laughs> like, that's. That's a quality side. So Damn it's, it anyways. Their anyways. Cascadia partners uh, just to the south. Uh, Portland had their uh, game, of course, rescheduled because of snow. They were able to dig out in Portland. Um, I did watch this one. I thought it was a, a reasonably good game for both teams. Um Oh, man, a lot of conceded possession by both teams. I feel like sometimes, you know, when you have a game postponed, the teams almost like are trying to play it at double speed to just, like, get on with it. (laughs) And it wasn't, like, a complete lack of quality, but there was just so many giveaways from both sides in this one. Um, They, It was a bright start for the Timbers. They get the first goal. um, But... You know, for the better part of 60 minutes, there's just lots of giveaways in Sporting Kansas City, who should be noted were missing some key players. I think Johnny Russell is out um, and a few others, um, you know, really spent the better part of the second half looking for an equalizer that just never came. And for Sporting Kansas City, I think you're just feeling you're missing some of your your starting player quality. And Portland looking surprisingly defensively strong in this one, like giving up midfield possession, but defensively doing the work that needed to be done and hanging on for a really good win for them. Great way to start the season. Um, They have made a purchase. Uh, They've made a, they've made a player signing of a forward. I believe Uh, that's going to be exciting for them. There are, they're going, there are, the it's in the works, I think. MLS sources say that they're I mean, by the time sign. people hear this, it'll <laughs> something will have moved. They're signing Frank Bolie from Hungary's uh Ferenc Varos. So that'll be that'll be good. I think some more attacking options will be good for them. Um but they look great. Um to the extent that, you know, they didn't quite pull the, the the full rabbit out of the hat, but they look pretty good. Also, LA, LA Galaxy got a, a a Brazilian defender from Fluminense. From Fluminense. Fluminense. Nice. Fluminense. Be good to see. Yeah, I mean, it feels like uh, definitely we are missing that commentary this week of the two LA teams. Um, 
as much as we might hate to admit it, always exciting to see those two match up. I think that game's happening July 4th now or something. So and as you see that for a bit. And as you're looking, it's just necessary, you know, you can't make too many, uh, you can't make too many decisions based on what you see in the first, uh, what you see in the first game. But when you're, when you want to, when you want to say like, who looks like they're starting off the season red hot? Seattle does. Philadelphia does. Um, Atlanta looks pretty good. Um, I would say Austin does, even though they lost. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 to be able to continue having this discussion, it's important to. Uh, unfortunately, as you say, unfortunately, the those two teams are a part of that discussion in terms of trying to uh, understand what the shape of the league is going to look like. Yeah. The uh, we won't go into it. I don't think we need to go into it full fully, but just because I have the notes here, um, I did watch the She Believe Cup games. Uh, the the we were talking about USA Canada last uh, week as it was happening, um, and the USA beat Canada two nothing on the night that Alex Morgan celebrated two hundred caps. It was her two hundred second, but that's fine. Um, Mallory Swanson, who you may have known as Mal Poo is of the Pugh of the Red Stars, um, but she began using her married name at the end of last year. Uh, got two. The second was from a defensive turnover. Um, the Canada beat Brazil two nothing with goals from uh, Vanessa Gil- Gills on a header and Evelyn Viennes who scored after the uh, on a bouncing ball. Um, Kaylin Sheridan looked great in both of these games, which unfortunately uh, is good because Sabrina D'Angelo left the Canada Japan game um, with an injury. Uh, Canada got rocked pretty good in that game. That's the one I referred to it a little bit earlier, but that's one where it's like, it's, this is the equivalent of preseason when it comes to the world cup. But, Mm -hmm. um, if you're in a, if you're in a tough position, um, Japan are a great team and you are going to need to beat Japan to do, to do things like advance out of your group or, or, uh, or advance in the knockout rounds to do something like that. Is going to be uh, is going to be a must. Yeah, yeah. You want to win your games. You would like to win your games, even if they are at even if they are at a um, a gender equality tournament. You are being forced to participate in. Um, Too real. The, uh, there's no, I don't see any real news on this front, but Canadian Premier League teams are going to preseason. Uh, that is going to start at the end of April. So that'll be fun. Yeah. And until, uh, we speak again, where can we find you online? You can find me online at That's MLS on Instagram. And, uh, also, of course, you can find this podcast at thatsomls.com and on Apple Podcasts and all the other podcast places. Uh, We appreciate it if you rate, review, and subscribe so that we can keep the podcast going. Where can we find you? You can find me online on Twitter at Team Bates, www.team-bates.com. You can find me on Instagram at Team Batesy if that that first website that I mentioned stops running. The second website is re-upped throughout the year, so (laughs) so that's fine. Um, but yeah, please, uh, please let us know, uh, how you like the show. And until next time, make like apparently just about everybody in the league. Cause I don't think anybody got sent off. They finally taking our advice for once, for <laughs> once in a lifetime. It happened. <laughs>